0: is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding. The Street is full of corruption. It is baked in to every aspect of our society. In Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This is written over 100 years ago. All right, everybody, and for those of you who celebrate Good Friday to you and to the rest of everyone, Welcome aboard, man. This is the Rogue Scholar. I'm Steve Grumbine. Today, we're going to be talking about Democrats momentarily. And the genesis of this live stream (laughs) started with me doing something that I literally never do. I literally watched my very first Donald Trump press conference through and through. And it was his one at Mar-a-Lago. Where he laundry listed everything, all the Democrats that had been lined up against him and all the things that played into his indictment and uh, so forth. But what kept jumping out at me the entire time was him calling Joe Biden the radical left. And I sat there and I thought, how many
1: fuckheads. Actually, believe Biden is the left.
0: How many assholes actually believe that Kamala Harris is the left, or worse, the radical left?
1: Right, and I'm just thinking to myself, what makes up the left? What is the left?
0: And so, I, I just kept thinking about why why would they think Joe Biden is left what about joe biden
1: even is a bad facsimile
0: of the left let, let me let me just start with before we go any further let's define what the left is you know the left started the concept of the left started during the french revolution he had two sides of this deliberative chamber there was the left side of the chamber and there was the right side of the chamber. There was the mountain and there was, you know, the, basically you had two sides, conservatives and the not so conservatives. The The people that were more uninhibited, that were pushing for change, that were get, looking to get rid of this class society that the French had. Now, mind you, the French revolution was a bourgeois revolution, a bunch of rich people stuff like that. It wasn't the kind of revolution that we typically think of when we talk about Lenin and stuff like that. It really wasn't a left wing per se revolution, but for the time, okay. It, it represented a lot of very important things. Now, Democrats fancy themselves. A lot of uneducated Democrats fancy themselves the left, but in reality, what the left really means At least as far as historical reference goes is the more liberal side of the equation the side that is more revolutionary breaking away and i find it fascinating that within that space you know the left has taken on this communist slash socialist uh angle that's i mean i i I think of the left when i say the left i think of the left more as socialists i do think of it that way i it, it may not be a perfect uh synonym it may not be a perfect relationship analogy whatever but i think when i say the left i'm talking about socialists communists and dem socias and dem socias are only partially there because you know this is a spectrum right this is not like a it's a plot on a on a graph it's not just a a static, here's the left, here's the right or whatever it is. There is a spectrum. Okay. And there's a bunch of pegs through there. There's a bunch of pegs through there where you could land in various ways. But one of the core tenets I believe that it makes up the left is that you stand up for labor, that you're class conscious, that you're aware of class and that you're focused on your class and your class is not the ownership class. So to me, the left is everyone that's not in the ownership class, even if they don't know they're the left. It's kind of like the proletariat, the working class, whatever you want to call it. I don't think of it necessarily as a political party per se. Um, There's probably a lot of holes in that analysis, and that's okay because to hear people define Joe Biden as the left tells you that we're a long way away from getting it perfectly correct, although there'll be some asshole at a trivial pursuit game that uh, will probably try to fight with you on this. Um, fuck them. Let them win the stupid board game. Hey, go dig, read, enhance your brain. Don't let a dullard that has these like small minded ideas derail you in any way of your pursuit of knowledge or your own personal definition of what the left is. Okay. Because the left is sort of a thing. It's, it's, it's it non-defined it's indescript. It's, But we can look at this honestly and say, well, what do we think about it? And so, as I think about the left, I've already stated that I consider that to be socialists and communists, anarchists, uh, et cetera, and the left of the horseshoe, if you will. And um, unfortunately, because Dems have pegged out a right wing position that has somewhat more inclusive, uh, you know, Demographics inside of it, um, because they don't come off as mean spirited when it comes to social programs and stuff like that. We get a false positive that they represent the left. Okay, we get a false positive, and so every time some fuckstick on television says the radical left, and I got to tell you, I, I sat there and listened to the entire Mar-a-Lago post-indictment discussion. And I said I'm going to listen to him and I'm not going to go into this you know with any preconceived stuff. I just want to hear this man talking. Hear the tropes he uses. Here's the I want to hear the hooks, the little the little zingers that he brings in to try to manipulate his audience into seeing things the way he sees them. And I mean it's not unique to Trump. This is this is standard. This is politics. This is you know, these people, they're manipulators, they're master manipulators, um, master propagandists, and largely, you know, megal, you know, megalomaniacs, um, and not reserved just to Donald Trump, right? Um, and so as I I think to myself, gosh, this guy is fucking smart. Okay, that's the first thing that jumped out at me because he has the bag of tricks of every freaking dog whistle ready to pull out. And he does something else. That's particularly interesting. He's able to very slickly, like, like if you're at a party and you're cutting down on somebody and you're joking you're, you're in a cut down war or something like that. Trump gets these zingers like, like a high school kid. Like He's spot on with his zingers. And Interestingly enough, he was very quiet, but very self-assured and very demonstrative without it being over the top, which was a little shocking to me as I listened to his talking points. He makes a lot of valid points, and this is the key to all folks that kind of mislead you and stuff. They they grab a hold of some facts, they grab a hold of some truths, and then they lace it with their. Of course, why would you ever think that a sitting president wouldn't have documents in their home? Joe Biden has some 1,800 in his garage sitting there next to his now famous Corvette. Uh, Somehow or another, lots of documents ended up in Chinatown, playing on the dog whistle, Chinatown. Uh, And they're coming after me as if I'm a spy. Oh, but I've done nothing but fight for this United States a fight for this country and blah, blah, blah. And he starts talking about the inflation. There's inflation, but he puts this off on the irresponsible spending of the administration. I that's, that's craziness right there. And then he talks about how law and order is falling apart in this country. People are killing each other. And, Instead of focusing on the murderers in New York City, they're focusing on me, Donald Trump, who all I've done is try to make America great. Stuff like this. And as I listen to it, I'm like, I can see how he's going to play this and I can see how that's going to resonate with people that don't understand economics on top of it. And so he talks about, we've never seen inflation like this before, blah, 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 and all this happy horse shit and and to the people that are listening they're saying wow okay but over and over and over throughout this thing aside from attacking uh you know corrupt hillary and uh, you know joe biden and blah 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 he he was masterful whether you like him or not this is the key this is this is how this man has stayed relevant because people don't respect the fact that even though He's insane. He's brilliant. He's brilliant in a perverse way, not in a way that you and I would be proud to be brilliant in,
1: but he's brilliant nonetheless.
0: And he's able to make himself, and yes, carpe diem, he's the victim. He's able to paint himself as the ultimate victim of partisan politics while all he's doing is trying to make America great again. Joe Biden and the rest of them on a political witch hunt to cover up for Hunter Biden's laptop and to cover up for blah, blah, blah. And then the whole way through echoing nonstop, nonstop repeated the the radical left, the loopy left, the crazy left, the, the, the insane left, the left, the left. And it struck me like a
1: ton of bricks. You can't get two inches ahead because the left, first
0: of all, in whatever organized fashion it may even exist in this country at this point, is not a homogenous entity. We war with each other more than we war with them. And more to the point, a large section of the quote unquote left um, feels it's more powerful to own shit libs by, you know, kind of sidling up to Donnie than it is to, you know, really just be separate from both of them and say, these guys represent capitalism. These guys represent the worst in excess of making sure the rich are rich. And the poor are poor. Instead of focusing on the fact that without a class analysis, these two parties can co-opt us without understanding that we being the working class have a different class interest than what the capital order has at the top, but Donald Trump mastered just exactly like, just exactly like Roseanne Barr did years ago, I bring this up countless times because I want you all, if you listen to me, I want you to be able to use some of the things I'm telling you and I want you to see them as clearly as I see them. Roseanne Barr went to the trouble of fighting. It was part of their script, fighting her sister on the fact that she held her sister responsible for Donald Trump. Think about that. She held her sister responsible for Donald Trump because her sister voted for Jill Stein. And so in this exchange, what Roseanne tells her is, you know, the problem with you people, only thing wrong with socialism is eventually you run out of other people's money and you could almost hear the mic drop. And let me ask you a question. How many duller than spoons people out there believe that taxes fund spending and that we're going to run out of other people's money to provide the programs or to provide, how are we going to run out of money to provide Ukraine support? How are we running out of money to supply our military? We're not. How are we running out all this stuff, right? The reality is that she was able to tap into the ignorance of American culture and the, Worthlessness of believing that taxpayer dollars, your hard-earned tax dollars, are being wasted on XYZ. Well, Donald Trump played on that kind of thing. They want to blow a hole through the budget. We we instituted the greatest tax cut in history. Well, I want you to think of this. We are way too heavily taxed as a working class for the level of services that we
1: get in this country.
0: Taxes do not fund those programs. And the tax cuts that Donald Trump did were skewed incredibly towards the top. However, there was some real life working class tax cuts that came out of that. And for people that don't have a pot to piss in, that speaks to them. Donald Trump cut my taxes. Donald Trump cut my taxes. See, and and Amy here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Amy, I'm not punching on you. I promise you, I love you to death, but I'm gonna use you as my whipping post for this. He said Roseanne Barr is bitter because the Green Party would not nominate her when she wanted to run on the Green ticket. Here's the problem: I'm not worried about the Green Party. Don't give a fuck about the Green Party. What I'm care about is the trope that Roseanne was able to use in the Actual show in front of 15 plus million people. It might even be more than that. I think it was like some ridiculous number of people watched the relaunch of Roseanne. And what they heard had nothing to do with the Green Party, it had absolutely everything to do with Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan's belief that there was no such thing as public money, there was only taxpayer money. It was reinforcing that because that's the big deal. A Green Party is not even relevant to the conversation. It, it, it's an afterthought. It's irrelevant. That's the problem. The relevant story here is, is that the entirety of the population is held back by a belief that we are constrained by tax dollars. And that belief permeates the Republicans, permeates the Democrats permeates every single mainstream outlet with their news, with their sitcoms, permeates every church, every water cooler, and we are held back by that same belief. Now, Roseanne wasn't trumping for Trump. She was actually trumping for Hillary.
1: Okay? So it wasn't even going
0: full Republican. This is a Democrat knocking around a lefty, someone that was voting left, for the belief that we could just have health care, that we could just provide everyone health care. But there was Roseanne, the centrist Democrat, the right wing capitalist Democrat, saying the only problem with socialism is eventually you run out of other people's money. Okay. Most people watch that show. And that shit went right by them. Why am I built different that I paid attention to that? And why am I built different in the way that six years later, however long later I'm sitting here once again in the year of 2023 on a live stream on good Friday, telling you about it. And I'll tell you why, because the maze, the interwoven messaging that is so deeply holding us to the belief that we Really, there's no other alternative. There is no alternative. There's only taxpayer money. There is no alternative. There's only the Democrats. There is no alternative. There is only XYZ. And it was in that moment that I saw that, that it really, really took hold. And here I am talking to you about it today because once again, they played a very key role in misrepresenting what the left is. Okay. Bernie Sanders. I see someone in here talking about Bernie. And I want to talk about this too. Bernie Sanders has the power to enlighten people about MMT. It is the failure of his career and life not to have done that. Could not agree more. Could not agree more. But you know what? His people, his most av- avid supporters, will fight you to the death when you tell them that taxes don't fund spending. They are largely normies that vote Democrat period. They vote blue, no matter who. And it's not a matter of voting. So I want to get this clear. This, this discussion here is not about Democrats and Republicans. It's about being a lefty and not being represented by either party. And understanding though, that the system that they're running elections on is not only owned and operated by those two parties but it is codified into law. So every time we try to break rank and go in there through some other means, we'll create another 50th third party, we'll do another third party, whatever. I get the sentimentality of it all. I get the desire for it all. Um, I get the hope for it all. But in reality, the left hasn't defined itself. And most people that make up what would be considered the left have no class consciousness, have no class awareness. They don't have an imagination that is free to understand the possibilities of what would happen if socialists had control of Congress, control of the Senate, control of the presidency, control of the Fed how different would this look and how would we ever achieve such a thing? I don't believe we can vote our way there. So that tells me that we've got a lot of training up each other to do a lot of working together to come up with what the working class should be. I talked to friends in the unions and in particular, some of the leadership of the unions and they're fighting for their lives within the unions to try desperately to get them to understand militancy is required. Unfortunately, there's a lot of folks out there that see my militancy and see my biting commentary and try to tone police me. It's a shameful act. It's an act that has no, there can be no recovery from. Militancy is what is required, a very firm, stark, propagandist commitment to agitate, aggravate, and do whatever is necessary to bring about an understanding of what we're up against. We all want to be the closer. We all want to be at the finish line where we get to pray the sinner's prayer with the new lefty and bring them into the fold. But the reality is we want to do that with MMT too. The reality is that may take several steps to get there. And people always think, no, you've got to be this one way here. And it goes all the way through the trajectory of it. They don't recognize that each person's planting a seed. One person's watering it. The other person's harvesting it because they can't, their brains don't work in that fashion. They don't see that it takes many, many different approaches to getting in there because there's so many connecting points that have to be just shattered and broken and removed. And those things are not painless and they're not easy. And if it's just a gentleman's conversation, the urgency of that disconnect isn't there. Everybody wants to be everybody's best friend, but we've got to break a few eggs to make this omelet. And it's not because you hate them, although you may hate their position you may hate their existence in the space that they're inhabiting but no one is beyond repair no one is beyond redemption okay there's a saying and i tried to get it down and i can't get it down but i will just say this we can be allies on issues but never will we be permanent friends it is based on being on the right side of issues okay you people when they show you that they're not willing to see beyond their own biases when they they try to stifle rage, when they try to tone police, they're telling you, I don't accept you. And to me, that's unacceptable, okay? Because we're at a stage right now where we don't have the luxury of time. And yet at the same time, we're so far from a place of being effective that we have to be able to teach. Teaching's boring because teaching means you're not going to see fruit until later. You've got to, you've got to plant the seeds. You got to get them going. You got to get them to have greater understanding. You've got to expand beyond the little tiny area that you're talking about. And you've got to have it mushroom out because every sitcom, every television station, every radio program. In fact, I talk about this frequently, the sports program that I listen to. These guys are in there busy talking about how all this crime, this crime is there and we've got we to break down the bad guys. But in D.C., they just let them back out on the streets immediately. See, it's that downward punch because they don't recognize the disgrace that is neoliberalism, that Democrats are champions of, that Republicans are champions of. They don't realize it. And so as a result of that, they just punch straight down at the people that are bearing the brunt of austerity, bearing the brunt of fear bearing the brunt of living in alternative economies based on theft and based on drug dealing or based on whatever, whatever non-traditional market that they can find a way to survive in, okay? And this is not a result of they're just bad people. This is a result of the economy and society have pushed them out. I'm going to tell you a story real quick and trying to get my life back together. My life has been a a fucking shit show Um, since uh, I lost my job in uh, 2009. I have not been able to get and recover from the damage. And really, quite frankly, I have not really been able to recover from the damage from my first divorce back in 2003. Okay. Um, it, It has been 20 years of running from an ax and I'm tired. There's days I wish the axe would catch me because I'm tired. I'm worn out. I'm worn to a nub trying to survive, running from this axe and have moments where something good happens, but it's always followed by the truth that you can never outrun your past. And so as I'm applying for a home equity loan just to survive, just to get this fucking IRS off my back and do these different things, they say, yeah, but you know, we we look here and Five years ago, it appears you lost your job, and it looks like your student debt went into default, and so you've got all these non-payments, late payments, ninety-day lates, et cetera, and so that's really preventing you from being able to refinance your loan. We're sorry, Mr. Grumbine. Doesn't matter that my credit score in Experian was like 727 for credit cards. Well, when then they're FICO for houses, I'm a fucking dirt bag. And so they don't recognize the people don't recognize the pain and suffering that most are going through. A lot of these people have never experienced suffering and the kind of suffering they experienced is they didn't like their neighbor, their poor neighbor played their radio too loud on Friday night or something like that. That's the end of their suffering. And so Democrats tend to inhabit that zone, that kind of bourgeois zone of, uh, Now everything's kind of going right, but wouldn't it be great if we could throw some trinkets at the poor? Wouldn't it be great if we could throw them some small sample size bottled water? We gave them bottled water. Aren't they so happy?
1: Aren't they so happy, right?
0: And because of that, when you hear them on television and when you hear them talking about struggle, you know that it's it's co-opted struggle. It's not real. It's like it's, it's not live, it's Memorex, it's fraudulent, it's fake. And it's not satisfying, especially to those who are really suffering. Now, here's the other problem. Because the propaganda is so thick, there are some cultures out there that have, I mean, my interview with Glenn Ford years ago talked about the democratic misleadership class, the black misleadership class. You know, it's an area that I'm not particularly equipped to talk on, but I'll repeat Glenn's words. He He focused on the fact that no black folk terrified of the white supremacist party. And the white supremacist party has jumped between Democrats and Republicans throughout history. Where do the white supremacists sit? The boll weevils, the, the Southern Dixiecrats. Those guys were the most racist sons of bitches on the planet. Joe Biden celebrated with that stuff. Yeah, the guy you put in power, that guy. Yeah. Strom Thurmond, all those people no bird i mean this is a man who is was largely responsible for Clarence Thomas being on the supreme court desecrating Anita Hill
1: i mean that's not the left by no extension of the word by no imaginary belief system is that the left okay now, the problem Problem with the, the concept of
0: the left at this point is that there are certain individuals out there who have taken the leadership role by, by default. They've grabbed it and run with it and they've created communities and stuff like that and within those communities because they didn't bother. They're, they're too proud to admit they don't understand economics. And economics is the foundation of literally everything. Okay. This is why it's so disturbing. When you look around and you see people, you know, treated as gods, but they ignore the economics or worse. They sound exactly like a SIG Heil right-wing asshole. Okay. Not understanding and wanting to go back on a gold standard, things like that. Not knowing what the fuck they're talking about. Misleading huge swaths of people and being treated like saints when they're doing the bidding of the evil on the other side, they're doing the bidding of the capitalist class. Let me ask you a question. We go back on a gold standard, hypothetically, and all those people with billions of dollars gobble up what remains of the gold, unless you slice it so low. It com- Anyway, who do you think the gold standard's
1: going to help? You think that's going to help the little people? You fucking idiot. You fucking moron. Do you think it's going to help the little people?
0: No, no, it's going to help the rich and the rich are going to retrench. And then we're going to be stuck trying to dig up more gold. Okay. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. It's shameful, but it's part of the misinformation campaign on the left. There's a lot of lefties out there. that would like to see us return to a gold standard. Cause they've been
1: polluted. So within our world, within our space,
0: we have a lot of educating to do. And we've got a lot of our friends don't want to be educated. They don't want to learn it.
1: They think it's stupid. They think it's irrelevant. And so when Donald Trump gets up there on the television, Gets up there, gets up there, and tells you that the loony left is after Donald Trump. I would suggest that the left, the real left, doesn't really have a dog in this fight. You know,
0: I would say that the left, the real left, has a responsibility to organize within each other and teach each other and build solidarity and build what we want from this society. It's one thing to look backwards to 1917. It's one thing to look backwards at FDR. It's one thing to look backwards at Cuba. It's another thing to look backwards at China and Mao. It's another thing to look forward and say, what do the material conditions of our modern times dictate that we need? And who are we as a people? Who are we as a entity, as a body of uh, thought, as a, as a movement? And because we get tripped up in this Democrat Republican going out there and fighting about Donny tiny hands and uh, the orange, orange genie, or Man Genie or Crazy Genie or the, you know, Don the Con, whatever bullshit fucking people with limited knowledge do. Um, we've got to unplug those people. We've, it, it, we've it, It's not so much that we have to you know, pick a side even, really. Even though there is a side to be had, it's the principal position of whatever we represent. We must understand though, that the Democrats and Republicans are literally divided by mere, let's be fair. I mean, bedside manners and bigotry, and these are important things, by the way, they're not in inconsequential. Okay. Because as long as this is the society that we're in, as long as Democrats and Republicans have narrowed down the space of argument to this much, and all we're talking about is you know can can trans people use a bathroom based on their their birth gender or based on their new their dead person their new person where does the bathrooms lie and this has become the fight of all fights and it's a fight that if you're trans is a very important fight no question about it
1: but it's not the thing to
0: base the entirety of our efforts on. And as a result of that, we have to get the economics down. We have to get the, what do we want society to look like? How do we want to structure it? And what would our government look like if we were in power? I think this is a real big challenge, a real big challenge because it's so easy to see our friends go out there and snipe about Donnie, tiny hands. And I think to myself, it's no wonder people get confused about what the left is. It's no wonder. And it's no wonder the left never organizes together because it's still torn between, am I a Democrat? Do I vote Democrat? Okay. Can I be a green? Well, if I'm a green, then I don't really vote. I don't really do anything. I Get together in small coffee shops, maybe read the Communist Manifesto or something. But I don't really do anything other than maybe have a 10 person rally on the corner about something. But the Greens, they're not, they don't have any power. And part of that is their own fault because they made it so it's toxic to become a part of the Green Party. They have bad economics. They got this AMI stuff that is just freaking conspiracy heaven. Okay. And largely when burners were thinking about where do we go, we weren't welcome. We were not welcomed, And instead, they were busy trying to seduce Jesse the body Ventura to run for fucking president, a libertarian.
1: A, 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 a gold standard conspiracy drivel about the Rothschilds,
0: all the other nonsense. And so because we're so focused on these two little shitty parties, instead of focus, because those parties do not represent socialism. They don't represent the working class. They don't represent the people. They represent moneyed interest, period. Period.
1: And as a result
0: of that, when Donald Trump goes up there and talks about the left, We're sitting there feeling guilty that we're not holding the bag. We're not carrying the bag. But I'm here to tell you, it's not our job to carry that bag. It's not our job to carry another oligarch party, capitalist party's bag. It's not our job to carry the water for corporate Democrats.
1: Do we support the National Socialist German Workers' Party? Jesus Christ. Anyway,
0: it's important to recognize the trolls of the Reich wing, the Sig Heil Reich wing, the these colors don't run, boy. Okay? There is an entire mindset that has been cultivated forever. And this little teeny framing is all we have to work
1: with. It's all we have to play with.
0: So in the end, I think, quite frankly, we have to really get out of our duopoly-minded behavior And we need to focus instead on
1: developing class consciousness, and we need to develop
0: unity, solidarity based on class consciousness. And if you don't understand economics, you need to have the courage and conviction that you don't understand and not act like you do, because there's very little that's more grotesque to me. And someone that doesn't understand a subject, but then has things to say and fights back, I'm cool with people, not knowing I'm not cool with them, not knowing, but them thinking they do and bloviating call it a shortcoming of mine. I'm willing to own that one. Anybody that doesn't know and ask questions, I'm more than happy to answer. And I would like to see others that have knowledge of this answer those things too. I'm tired of hearing about guns because the reality is that guns, the reason why people are getting shot is desperation. It's neoliberalism. It is the neoliberal insanity that has been imposed upon us that creates this stuff. And getting guns off the streets and stuff like that means that, once again, an unarmed society, a society of people who when you left with tyranny, you're left with tyranny, right? I mean, it doesn't take much to realize that the left black and Brown people are all completely left on our own. There's no one that has our backs at all.
1: Zero. We are a huge number of people with zero. We have zero,
0: um, we have zero champions. We have no one that we can watch on television. We have no one that we can watch in the debates. We have no one that is literally working on behalf of us that has any power whatsoever.
1: I find it challenging
0: for us as 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 a nascent baby left. A left that peeled away from Bernie Sanders and realized that ultimately the Dems aren't going to do it. We're not voting our way to what we need. We're not going to get healthcare as a right through this electoral system. We're not going to get college written completely off and debt canceled with this government. We're not going to do that. And that means that we've got to build power. And the only way to build power when you don't have control of the system is to build it outside the system. Let's go ahead here real quick. How do I explain that the rest of the world uh, dropping the petrodollar does not affect our ability to pay for social programs? Listen, I'm going to take you guys through something. I was
1: debating this, but I'm going to do it. This is my, I'm going to take you to my Twitter feed.
0: And, um, skip for now. We're going to go to my profile here and we're going to look, I'm going to put you share the screen here real quick so you guys can see it. For those of you who have seen this, you know, this is my pin post. Um, for those of you who haven't seen this, this is going to be good. Hopefully you'll, um, hopefully you'll like this. Hopefully it'll help you.
1: So this right here is my pin post. I'm just going to read it to you. Oh, that's not good. vanished
0: on me back up. There we go. And it says the U S dollar is a tax credit. It is a unit of measure. You can't run out of inches. You can't run out of numbers. The government can't run out of dollars unless it purposely and politically chooses to let's go ahead and open this up Let's start reading. Look at this. This is this has gotten quite a few likes. It's been bookmarked 570 times, liked 2,400 times, quoted 363 times, retweeted almost 1,600 times. Okay. Um, so if you haven't, by all means, do it. And I'm going to go ahead and share it now. Anyway, even though it's, I don't know why it keeps undoing for me, but there it goes. And I did this back on January 30th, 2020. If you can see the date here, so it's been around for a few years. Since the U.S. dollar is a mere tax credit and a unit of measure, it is neither precious nor permanent. A dollar is an IOU. When it is spent into existence, a debt is born. When it is taxed out of existence, a debt is washed away. All money is debt, so reducing the national debt means reducing the national money supply. Dollars are not reused. A dollar is spent once into existence. It circulates within the economy and is destroyed once it is returned as a tax. More precisely, it drains reserves at the fed and destroyed. There is no printing money. Congressional spending is simply marking up accounts and taxation is marking them down. Dollars are constantly created and constantly destroyed daily, daily. There is no such thing as paying for programs. The government neither has, nor doesn't have dollars. Dollars are created every time the government seeks to provision itself and deposits are made into their accounts for spending via keystrokes on a keyboard. Dollars are deleted, destroyed, shredded when received as a tax. Get it? So why are we always talking about the government going broke? Why are we always talking about reducing the deficit or lowering the debt? The national debt is merely, wait for it, the sum total to the penny of every untaxed dollar in existence since the start of the nation. To pay off the debt is to delete, destroy every dollar in the economy. What kind of knucklehead would push that? What programs are we missing out on because people do not know this? Why do people think that taxes fund federal programs? Being the richest country in the world, it's not about dollars. It's about available real resources, not dollars, euros, pounds, uh, won. Uh, I don't know. I, whatever. I don't know what the W is. If you know what it is, put it in the chat. Uh, Why do people make up stories about the end of the dollar to make tales from the bar stool about the end of the world reserve currency, the nonsense about the petrodollar? Why do they do it? The lie is so pervasive and systemically reinforced in our sitcoms, magazines, media churches, workplace community associations, political parties unplugging from economic illiteracy is a Herculean task, but one that must be destroyed every moment of every day. As we watch the deep freeze sweep, I wrote this obviously in the winter. As we watch the deep freeze sweep over uh, the nation and people die from exposure, remember the people who claim we needed to reduce the debt and deficit and who refuse to advance a bold progressive agenda. Remember them all. The dead have no voice. We must be their megaphone. Double entry accounting demands an asset be tallied. So the other side of the debt is a private sector asset on the balance sheet. The debt is an IOU and the asset is a tax credit. If the state spending is printing money, then federal taxation is unprinting money. An important distinction exists between the currency issuer and currency users. The federal government is the currency issuer. It has no means to live beyond. It creates the money at will when Congress authorizes it. States, counties, and non-sovereign zones such as the euro adopters are revenue constraints. So pushing for state-based initiatives that should be paid for federally have a very different constraint. States and individuals cannot spend without borrowing, earning, or taxing. Here's the trick for the petrodollar, and I'm gonna get back to this. This is where I'm gonna end. You guys feel free to go read this on your own. It goes on for much longer. Um, but it says, to make this distinction, I want you to take a look at the snippet from Roger Malcolm Mitchell article on monetary sovereignty. Let's click on this. So if you can't see that, let me see if I can make this a little bit bigger. Maybe that helps. I don't know. We'll see. Um, He says, perhaps no words more accurately and succinctly illustrate the confusion about economics than monetary sovereignty. It is not a theory or a hypothesis or a philosophy. Its essence is merely a description of the way federal financing actually works. Monetary sovereign government has the exclusive and unlimited power to create its own sovereign currency. Monetary sovereignty is the foundation of economics. Notice it's highlighted even the United States is monetarily sovereign. It has the exclusively unlimited power to create the dollar China, Canada, Australia, the UK, and Japan are monetarily sovereign. They have the exclusively unlimited power to create their sovereign currencies. The U.S. government created the dollar from thin air. By creating it from thin air, all the laws and rules made the dollar possible. Being sovereign over the dollar, the U.S. can do anything it wishes with the dollar. It can make the dollar equal to three euros, two pumpkins, or one partridge in a pear tree. The federal government's power of the dollar is unlimited. Illinois, Cook County, and Chicago are monetarily non-sovereign. The dollar is not their sovereign currency and they do not have the unlimited power to create dollars. France, Germany, Italy are monetarily non-sovereign. They do not have the exclusively unlimited power to create their own currency Euro. And it goes on and on and on, uh, because this is an important topic I can talk, I mean, seriously, go in there and read more. Okay. Lots of references, lots of sources. Um, lots of important, I think important um truths here. Okay. And I mean, I could really go on, so I'm gonna stop now and I'm gonna bring myself back. And I'm gonna say the petrodollar was an agreement made back in the Bretton Woods time, where the US dollar would be the currency that they would price oil in. So if you wanted to buy oil, you would have to buy it in US dollars. Well, what happens? Countries either, A, had to go out and do something, either sell some goods and services to the U.S. and get U.S. reserves, or they had to sell some other currency on the foreign exchange market uh, to get more U.S. dollars to pay for oil. That's the deal. That's how that works. Okay, well, the difference here is, is that the United States, it just makes our dollar ubiquitous. In other words, it's given us power over a lot of countries we have a certain privilege if you will over other countries and this goes with the world reserve currency as well by having that control by having the swift system the payment system through the us dollar what you end up with is power and the united states has wielded that power as an empire for a long time okay but if we lost world reserve currency status we wouldn't lose reserve, we would still be a reserve. There's a basket of reserves. In fact, let me show you this. So you all understand that there's not just one reserve currency currencies.
1: Show you this real quickly. Uh,
0: Love when they, uh, maybe there's a picture, maybe I can do it from an image. So I'm not having to try and pull open an article.
1: That'll
0: work. I think it'll work. Let me get to the image. Maybe, there we go. Okay. Let's pull this over here. Sorry, you don't get to see while I'm doing this.
1: (laughs) Uh, Let's see if I can close this out and then share.
0: OK, so if you look over here. No, thanks. I don't want to sign up. You'll notice that there is a whole bunch of different reserve currencies and U.S. dollar is the largest one of the bunch. OK, Chinese won, This is China's reserve currency. What if they lo- what if China loses reserve currency status? Oh, no. What if the Aussie dollar loses reserve status? Oh, no. What if the Canadian dollar here loses it? Oh, no. Okay. But the U.S. became kind of the dollar standard during the post-Bretton Woods period. Okay. And so what does this do? Euro is 20% reserve. Okay. So let's stop sharing. There's no need to see this further. What ends up happening is that it makes imports cost more, right? If they, if they decide that they the don't want to hold and save U.S. dollars, okay, then all of a sudden the United States has less power over importing nations, over them in general with the IMF and others. And the IMF has used the U.S. dollar and used their structural adjustments as a means to literally create neo-colonial territories throughout the global South. Petrodollar itself, if it went away, well, the U.S. is already showing that regardless of petrodollar or non-petrodollar, OPEC does what it wants. The U.S. would have to drill. The U.S. would have to shift to renewable energy, which is what I'd hope they would do. Okay, this is not really the subject matter of this, although it does play into. Uh, the larger issues, right, that are at play. And so nobody wants, at least nobody on the left that I know, wants the U.S. to be an empire. So at some level, the idea of the U.S. right-sizing itself and no longer having that kind of sway on the world, maybe it's not the worst thing ever, right? And the idea of the U.S. dollar not having its buying power, well, buying power in what way? Is it buying power in Europe? Is it buying power in... Where is it? What do we buy? What exactly are you concerned with us buying from Russia? Russia doesn't produce shit. They don't have any of the kind of next-gen technical stuff. And I mean, I'm not here to defend the United States and its empire. This is where it gets challenging. Because, unfortunately, probably some of your heroes have run around fanning the flames about this whole petrodollar thing and Oh, uh, what if it loses the reserve dollars? Trump said it in his speech. This is one of the things that Trump said in his speech too. Okay. So these are the things that people worry about. They get all fapped up about it and they don't know anything about it. This is the problem. They have the chutzpah to get worked up over it, but they don't have the willingness to learn about it. Crazy shit, right? So. In the end, to me, the idea would be hey, listen, there's going to be replacements. We're not going to have the same world that we had yesterday. The same production, the supply chains that we're used to aren't going to be the same tomorrow as they were yesterday. So, this is, in my opinion, in many ways, very good. I mean, we're talking about local production, we're talking about bringing production in, we're talking about a different form of jobs. Okay. Now, Obviously, if we're an importer and we've been importing all the goods from around the world because we have an undue power using our dollar dollar diplomacy, if you will, as they say, and you're okay with that, well, you're going to be surprised and this will be a problem for you. You're not going to be happy because when the dollar loses its status, there's going to be some changes. But I don't even know that it's going to lose its status. You're watching Half of the world literally worked together to kind of rip themselves away from US control. What does it mean? It means the US can't control them anymore. Do you think that China is not going to sell them milled countertops for their retirement condominiums in the local resort? No, China's still going to fucking mill countertops. They're still going to provide cell phones and they're still going to produce things and other countries are gonna buy and sell things too. The only difference is we won't have the power to force them unless, of course, we still leverage the IMF. Now, here's a counter to that. It's running right up on the time here. But what if those BRICS nations decided to pay off some of the developing nations' IMF debt? What if they used their dollar holdings, went ahead and used it and dumped it to, not dumped it, but used that cashed in used it to pay off, to trade, to free those African nations that are drowning in IMF debt, U.S. dollar-denominated debt? What if they did that to the South African, South American, you know, countries? What if they did that to countries around the world that have been burdened with IMF structural adjustments in U.S. dollars? I mean, boy, oh, boy, that that could really, really change the world right there. That could change the world. But don't think for a minute that suddenly we're not going to get anything. We're not going to buy. What if they lose confidence in a dollar my permission to rake the eyes, throw salt in the eyes, drop the elbow from the top rope, do whatever you have to do. Cause there's nothing grosser than somebody that makes that bold proclamation. It's kind of like yelling fire in a, in a, a movie theater. They don't know what the fuck they're saying. They're just creating panic. Okay. So what you say is, Hey, look, U S empire will have less influence over the rest of the world. We'll have to be a better global citizen. Look at this as a win, motherfucker and stop acting like somehow or another, this is the end. Oh my God. That to me is what separates a lefty from a Democrat, what separates a lefty, if you will, from this whole establishment. And this is why it's important to separate your mind and think about What do you stand for? Your principles. Your principles should be about defending the working class. And that working class is not just in your backyard. That's immigrants. That's people from around the world. That's everywhere. Okay. There's some really good debates out there about whether socialism can happen in a vacuum in a country or whether it needs to be global for it to really stick. You know, let, let, let people debate that at the coffee shop. Okay for me i just want to get people to understand that we are a working class that we are a class and that we are not represented by either of the capitalist parties in power and so when they call biden the lumpy left or the loopy left or the crazy left or the radical left just know they're not talking about you it's important that we differentiate what that means and if you are a socialist if you do want to see real class-based change occur, if you want to see this government change, you must know that you're not getting the change you think you're getting by voting for capitalists in an environment where neither party, if you really believe this is even real and not already just sort of like theatrical performances, if you really believe it, then you need to get away from the idea that the Democrats are the left, and you need to start understanding that it might be a little bit of a desert feel that the ability to be out there and uh, celebrate elections maybe added in your thing right now. Maybe your thing is working behind the scenes trying to develop class consciousness in your community. Uh, maybe it, 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 can you imagine if more capitalist took over the democratic party. Let's enter and be a bunch of capitalists that maybe throw a program here or a program there. What difference did you just do? Not a motherfucking thing. So I guess my call out to you guys, recognize the democratic party, no matter how many people weep and cry and complain and bitch and moan, they're not the left. Nothing about them is left. And the Republicans are not the good guys because the Democrats are bad, okay? You don't get to go out there and act like Donald Trump and the rest of them are good guys. They're not. None of these fuckers are good guys. Those that are at the top, they're not your class. And those that are your class at the bottom are class traitors that have been swept away and have been scooped up by propaganda and rhetoric. And it's our job to extract them. It's our job to deprogram the cult and get them to begin to think with class consciousness. But you've got to have it first before you can give it. So that means you have to take the time to learn. And to my way of thinking, the marriage of socialism and modern monetary theory are the most natural, necessary things to understand to bring about that awareness because if you still believe it's tax dollars then you're going to do everything you can to prevent them from raising your tax dollars and if it means hating the poor then you're going to hate the poor if it means you think we've got to eat the rich to provide these things well then you're going to be in a spin cycle forever because you're never going to do it so Anyway, it is Good Friday. I am actually working, even though it's 1.04. I'm going to have to give the man four minutes of my time at the end of the day. Um, Please do me a favor. Subscribe to our channel. Click like on the videos. It helps us more than you know. I hate the rules of social media, but we're governed by them because we're playing in their platform. That means we've got to do these stupid things. Is it over here or over there? Where is it at? Oh, it's right, right there, right there. Like it, click like, subscribe, you know, all that good stuff, right? Get notified. Um. Anyway, uh, we got a great macaron cheese coming out tomorrow. Uh, my guy Dan Kavalik, who wrote the book Nicaragua, and I spoke. Great conversation talking about Manuel Ortega and the, uh, the rise of the Sandinistas and the overthrowing of dictators and how they were able to find a way to bridge the gap between the people that went off with the bad guys, the U S backed, you know, bad guys, if you will. And quite frankly, the, the, the socialist movement that was brewing down there and is now back in power, by the way. So, by all means, check that out. That's tomorrow, Macaron cheese, 8 AM. Um, it's, it's just when we release the podcast, it's audio only. And we do that so that people that are triggered by an old white guy talking don't get too triggered. They can just listen. Okay. And believe me, sadly, there are people that get triggered by an old white guy talking. It's disgusting. It's disgraceful, but that's the world we live in. So check out the audio podcast, Macaron cheese. And in that sense, I think the going saying around here is, I am out of here. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support our efforts, please take a moment to subscribe and check out our other work on the Real Progress in Action YouTube channel and visit our sister organization's website at realprogressives.org.